Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association, committed to conservation and careful management of the state's forests to make them more resilient and better habitats for wildlife. Choosewood.com. From the St. Louis Public Radio Newsroom, this is The Gateway. It's Wednesday, December 4th. I'm Wayne Pratt. Ahead, can cutting back on eating hamburgers and ribs really impact climate change? The U.S. Department of Agriculture says the average American eats more than 220 pounds of meat a year. I mean, if everybody in the world ate as much beef as the average American, we basically need another planet. We will examine the cultural implications and environmental impact of meat consumption. First, the news. A Democratic Missouri state senator will take on Congresswoman Ann Wagner in next year's election. St. Louis Public Radio's Jason Rosenbaum has more on Jill Shoup's decision to jump into the second congressional district contest. Shoup announced on Tuesday she'll take on Wagner, a Baldwin Republican who has served in Congress since 2013. Shoup says her positions on education, health care, and taxation policy are in line with a district that includes parts of St. Louis, Jefferson, and St. Charles counties. The people in suburban St. Louis, quite frankly, are fed up with business as usual in Washington. The 2nd Congressional District has been GOP-leaning for years, but parts of it have gravitated toward Democratic candidates, especially as President Donald Trump loses favor with some white suburban voters. Wagner will start off with nearly $2.2 million in the bank, while Shoup will have to start from scratch. Still, Shoup has proven to be a prolific fundraiser in the past. I'm Jason Rosenbaum, St. Louis Public Radio. No school district in Missouri will have its accreditation changed this year. That includes the nine that are only provisionally accredited. Districts that hoped to be moved up at yesterday's board meeting included Kansas City Public Schools and Riverview Gardens in St. Louis County. State School Board member Vic Lentz says the Education Department needs to help schools return to full accreditation. The law says we have to intervene in an unaccredited district. I don't believe there's anything to keep us from intervening or offering intervention and assistance to the provisionally accredited or even those accredited districts who are down close on the bubble. The State School Board determines accreditation largely off a district's annual performance report. This fall, it shifted the focus of APR toward highlighting student growth. A Missouri environmental group is suing the Environmental Protection Agency, claiming it failed to protect the state's lakes from pollution. As St. Louis Public Radio's Eli Chen reports, the group alleges the state's strategy does not prevent farm runoff from contaminating lakes. Last year, the EPA approved the Missouri Department of Natural Resources plan to monitor nitrogen and phosphorus pollution in lakes. Excessive nutrients in waterways can cause harmful algal blooms, fish kills, and dead zones. Washington University engineer Peter Good is working with the Missouri Coalition for the Environment to sue the EPA. He says the state strategy does not protect drinking water and recreational uses in lakes. What DNR ended up producing was a criteria that protects only aquatic life. The group wants the EPA to disapprove DNR's nutrient standards for lakes and require changes that comply with the Clean Water Act. I'm Eli Chen, St. Louis Public Radio. More plans are emerging about how the financing could work for a new professional soccer stadium in downtown St. Louis. The city has made its pitch to the state for $15 million in tax credits for the proposed $460 million Major League Soccer venue. 
St. Louis Development Corporation Executive Director Otis Williams says the city is looking for another $15 million next year. The Missouri Development Finance Board could vote on the initial credits on December 17th. St. Louis Public Radio's main on-air feed will carry live coverage today of the House Judiciary Committee's impeachment meeting. The session is expected to last most of the day. Regular programming can be streamed on our website, stlpublicradio.org, under the heading KWMU1, Regularly Scheduled Programs. More people are making the connection between meat production and climate change. Reporter Michelle Tyrene Johnson examines how cutting back on meat may have an impact on barbecues, which are a cherished tradition for many families throughout the country, including Missouri. In the black community, summer cookouts with music and family and friends, beef and pork on the grill is a cultural staple. But cutting back on meat is one of the ways experts say that we can all help with climate change. Gigi Jones, also known as Gigi the Vegan, says that for the black community, all the plant-based meat substitutions out there should make the transition easier. Jones, who's black, counsels people on how to eat better to live better. She likes to teach people that the meat might change, but the flavor and the tradition doesn't have to. I can still have my food the same way. I can still have my burgers. I can still have my fries. I can see we can still grill out and cook out and have fun and chit chat it up and, and show each other love. Oh yeah, put that Frank and Beverly back on. Let's get it. While she primarily focuses on health, Jones knows that it's good for the planet too. She also knows that convincing her fellow black people to pay more attention to climate change issues requires telling people they can just cut back. They don't have to completely cut out hamburgers, hot dogs, and ribs. I'm not one of those radical vegans. I'm really not. It's my own personal journey, but I do try to help people to get to understand the impact that it has on our environment. Jones was diagnosed with colon cancer in 2015. She attributes her decision to go vegan to being a great part of why she is a cancer-free diagnosis today. She says one of the ways to appeal to more black people is using more inclusive messaging, which is why she called her first vegan festival the Soul Veg Fest. She says about 2,000 people attended. And the language has to be there for us to say, oh, this is for us, oh, They're talking about us. Oh, and so when I use social media, when I use certain tools now, I make sure that that language is not racially biased. Livestock emissions likely play a role in climate change. And Timothy Searchinger, a professor and researcher at Princeton University, says while it's complicated, the bottom line is that the world is warming faster than it should. And what's causing it to warm is the increase of greenhouse gases. Searchinger spoke with me from Sweden, where he was meeting with meat producers. He says part of the connection between meat consumption and climate change boils down to the use of land. Beef is the, is the most land-hungry form of food. And basically for the world to be able to feed itself without clearing dramatically more forests, the wealthy have to moderate their demand. According to the Department of Agriculture, the average American eats more than 220 pounds of meat a year. Searchinger says that compared to the rest of the world, wealthy includes America's poor when it comes to meat consumption. I mean, if everybody in the world ate as much beef as the average American, we basically need another planet. Nicole Jackson from Olathe attended Soul Veg Fest because she's trying to make the turn to vegan. It's about health and it's about helping the environment.
Jackson says that opening the door to a different way of eating can sometimes just be as simple as exposure. For example, some black folks may not know much about a kale salad when they're used to cooked collard and turnip greens. A lot of times these things happen because we don't have the uh, experience with other foods. We're, we're very uh, restricted to what we're open to. Jackson says climate change should be more of a concern to everyone than it is now. Letting go of tradition, tradition are, you know, are pretty much held, held in place by dead people. Those cookouts with loved ones are part of black community traditions. Traditions that some who are concerned about the environment want to make sure that future generations of black friends and family, along with the rest of the world, can enjoy. That was Michelle Tyrene Johnson reporting from Kansas City. She is part of the Sharing America Collaborative made possible by a grant from the Corporation for Public Broadcasting. Shula Newman is the executive editor of St. Louis Public Radio. Music by Ryan McNeely of Adult Fur. I'm Wayne Pratt, and from the St. Louis Public Radio Newsroom, this has been The Gateway. Support comes from Mosby Building Arts, a design-build company committed to remodeling the right way. Visit callmosby.com to get project inspiration for any room of your house.